We live in a world of excuses. On that note, several years ago, somebody gave me a copy of the following church bulletin announcement. To make it possible for everyone to be able to attend church next Sunday, we are planning to have a special No Excuse Sunday. Cots will be placed in the vestibule for those who say, Sunday is my only day to sleep in. There will be a special section with lounge chairs for those who feel that the pews are too hard. Eye drops will be provided for those with tired eyes from watching TV late Saturday night. We will have steel helmets for those who say, the roof would cave in if I ever came to church. Blankets will be provided for those who think that the church is too cold, and fans for those who think that it's too hot. Scorecards will be provided for those who would like to list the hypocrites present. We will distribute stamp-out stewardship buttons for those who feel that the church is always asking for money. One section of the building will contain trees and grass for those who say they can only find God in nature. Doctors and nurses will be on hand for those who plan to be sick on Sunday. The sanctuary will be decorated with both Christmas poinsettias and Easter lilies for those who have never seen the church without them. <laughs> we will provide hearing aids for those who can't hear the sermon and cotton for those who can. <laughs> One editorial comment, if this ever happens to St. Pius, no cotton will be distributed. <laughs> I want to make that clear. I must say that's a very noble attempt to deal with some of the more common excuses that are made for missing Sunday Mass. But I guarantee you, my brothers and sisters, even if all of those excuses were adequately dealt with at a given parish, some people would manage to find other excuses. The problem, of course, goes way back. It goes back to Adam and Eve. When Adam was confronted by God after he and his wife had sinned, what was Adam's response? He conveniently made an excuse, did he not? said, the woman whom you put here with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and so I ate it. By the way, it's clear from this response that Adam was not very good at making excuses. In his lame attempt to exonerate himself, he tried to blame his wife, but he ended up blaming God. In effect, he said, Lord, this is all your fault. <laughs> You're the one who put this woman here with me to tempt me in this way. If you hadn't brought her into my life, this never would have happened. Leads to say it's not a good idea to blame God to his face when you're trying to excuse your behavior. At least Eve was a little more diplomatic about it in her excuse. She said, the serpent tricked me into it, so I ate it. In other words, it's his fault. The Lord, of course, was not impressed or influenced by either excuse. Nor is he impressed or influenced by our excuses, because he knows everything. Excuses can only be effective if you're dealing with somebody who's not omniscient. They hold no water when you're dealing with the all-knowing, all-seeing creator of the entire cosmos. Which brings us this morning to John the Baptist. As we heard in today's Gospel text from Matthew chapter 3, during his ministry, John proclaimed a message that was very basic and very clear. Reform your lives. The kingdom of God is at hand. And he wanted people to respond to this message, to this call to repentance, without making any excuses for their behavior. 
Why did John want that? Because John loved them. John didn't tolerate excuses because he loved people. He wanted to see people reconciled with God. John understood that if people made excuses for their sins, they wouldn't recognize their need for somebody to save them from their sins. Hence, they would not recognize their need for Jesus when he came. John wanted everyone to recognize their need for Jesus and to accept him in faith so that they would receive forgiveness and ultimately eternal salvation. This should help us to understand his harsh reaction to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was a reaction, believe it or not, that was born out of love. You see, John anticipated the excuse they would use for not repenting, and he knew that excuse would threaten their salvation, and he didn't want them to go to hell. And what was the excuse? The excuse was, well, we don't need to repent of our sins like everybody else, because we're already right with God. After all, Abraham is our father. We're Abraham's spiritual children. We already share in the benefits of the covenant he made with God. This, by the way, is very similar to the attitude you find in certain Catholics who think they can live any way they want to live and still go to heaven simply because they were baptized as children. And what was John's response to the excuse of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the anticipated excuse? He said, you brood of vipers. Do not pride yourself on the claim, Abraham is our father. I tell you, Abraham, I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these very stones. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that is not fruitful will be cut down and thrown into the fire. In other words, forget it, guys. That's a lousy excuse for not repenting, and it's not going to fool God on Judgment Day. I believe the Lord is challenging us this morning to come to terms with any excuses that we might be using in our lives. Excuses that are keeping us perhaps in the state of mortal sin or at least preventing us from growing in holiness. Excuses for lying, perhaps, for cheating, for cutting corners at work, for swearing and taking the Lord's name in vain, for holding a grudge. Excuses for missing Mass on Sundays and Holy Days. Excuses for using artificial birth control. Excuses for drinking excessively, gambling excessively. Excuses for not reaching out to those in need. As Adam and Eve and as the Sadducees and Pharisees would surely attest, the temptation to sin is great. But the temptation to make excuses for sin is every bit as great. Let's pray that we will overcome both temptations during this season of Advent and resolve to make a good excuse-free confession sometime in the near future. That will certainly make for a joy-filled and for a spirit-filled Christmas this year.